Welcome to Legal Management Talk, official podcast of the Association of Legal Administrators. Today's episode, Mental Toughness for the Busy Legal Administrator. Our guest is Dr. Jack Singer, a clinical sports and consulting psychologist specializing in peak performance mastery and building permanent resiliency to stress. You might have seen him speak at annual conference if you joined us in Nashville back in May. Dr. Jack has also appeared regularly on CNN, MSNBC, ESPN, Fox, all the acronyms, and now he is here with us today. Welcome, Dr. Jack. It's really my pleasure, Christina, to be uh, doing this podcast because legal administrators have a special place in my heart. I've been um, consulting with law firms and doing conferences for legal administrators and, and other legal officials for more than 25 years. So let's get started then. What does mental toughness mean to you? Well, you know, this comes from my background as a sports psychologist working with um world champion athletes, Olympic athletes, professional athletes. Mental toughness is really a state of mind, Christina, that can help legal administrators control their thinking patterns when they're faced with the myriad of stressors that challenge their confidence and resilience. You know, as you know, the administrator is faced with all kinds of pressure um, from other attorneys, from the CEO, from clients, each one of whom thinks that they're the only client at the firm, from trying to help uh, with uh, to fight against the competition, so helping in the rainmaking, running the practice, you know, being the leader. There are so many challenges that the legal administrator faces that if they don't develop a form of mental toughness, which is like a uh, a buffer against the stresses, then they can get overwhelmed. So why is this trait important for legal administrators in particular? Well, I think that. You know, they are facing so much responsibility, which is wonderful on the one hand and on the other hand scary, that I think in particular this group, if they learn these skills, um, could really go a long way toward making their whole careers much more satisfying and less threatening. So that's the reason that I devised this, actually did a program on this for um, ALA in Nashville as well, uh, devised this program specifically for legal administrators so that they could really feel as if they can take, take control of themselves and, uh, and sort of build a Teflon barrier around them to ward mm -hmm. off and bounce off much of the stress that they endure. So mental toughness is related to stress resiliency. Can you talk about that connection? Yes. Uh, you know, I've written several books on how to master the stresses in your life, and, and being resilient to stress is critically important. There are, you know, many, many ways to do that, uh, but mental toughness is one of them because if you're mentally tough, then that means you take control of your thinking patterns no matter what the situation is. And if you take control of your thinking patterns, Christina, that's the number one way to combat stress and build resilience. And in a few moments when we talk about the actual steps to do that, you'll see what I mean about um, um, the thinking patterns. But just to, to give a quick summary, uh, events that take place in one's life, in the life of a legal administrator, for example, events do not cause stress. What causes stress is the way that the individual interprets the events, the self-talk that goes on within his or her head uh, about the events. So, for example, let's say a legal administrator uh, gets a message uh, that the CEO wants to visit with her. 
Uh, that's a neutral event. That doesn't cause stress. What could cause stress is the way she interprets that in her mind. If she says, what did I do now? Or, oh, no, more work to be piled on. I don't have any room on my plate. Or, uh, what is it now? The CEO is always complaining about something, whatever. That's going to cause the stress. So in mental toughness, I teach administrators how to take charge of their thinking so that they don't go down that road and cause the stress. Right. So during your session, you talked about this um, term that was really fascinating to me, linguistic nutrition, um, and how that's sort of the words that we tell ourselves, putting a positive spin on those. Um, yeah, that's that a really was... it's it's a it's a very interesting term. Um, I don't even know where I saw it. I didn't make it up, but um, when I saw it, I resonated with it immediately. Uh, we know that all of us, whether we're legal administrators, attorneys, or anything, we tend to poison ourselves with toxic self-talk. And so, linguistic nutrition is learning how to get rid of those toxins and and um, and give yourself the best possible healthiest kind of self-talk and all of my books and all of my work that i do in my um, retreats for um, law firms and in my programs that i do for legal associations the main focus of this is learning how to recognize the toxic self-talk that goes on and really changing it and giving yourself a big dose of nutrition so that you can stop the negative self-talk and part of that is going to be in the five-step mental toughness game plan that I devised. So so tell us about that plan. Five steps, correct? Right. So here's when you use this. You use this um, whenever you recognize that a negative thought comes to your mind. So, for example, if the, uh, if the administrator... Uh, starts to think that, I don't know if I can do this, this is overwhelming. That would be a negative thought. Or any thought that starts with the two words, what if, is always followed by something negative. Or I should have or shouldn't have, those are negative thoughts. Or I hope this doesn't happen to me. Those are all negative thoughts. So the, the key, the first step is to recognize when a negative thought enters your mind. And as soon as that happens, the first step in the five-step game plan is to be wearing a rubber band, the kind that comes in the mail. It's actually called the number 64 rubber band. It's kind of fat and sits loosely on your wrist. The first step is to snap the rubber band so that it gets your attention. I mean, it could be painful, but you have to really get your attention because what you want to do is stop the negative thinking dead in its tracks. And sometimes people have to snap a few times because these are habits, these thoughts, and they want to keep creeping in or you want to finish the thought. So you snap the rubber band and you say to yourself, stop this silly thinking right now. Step two, once you've accomplished stopping that, is you take a nice centering breath. And what, that's the kind of breath that singers and musicians learn how to do. It's very calming. It fills the lungs completely from the bottom up. And the best way to teach yourself how to do a centering breath is you breathe in through your nose to the count of four, hold it for the count of four, and then a big exhale out your mouth to the count of seven. So a few centering breaths like that will calm the body down instantly. Step three is changing or challenging the thought, asking yourself, do I have any evidence to support this fear that I have now, or what is the probability that what I'm worried about will really happen? For example, if I'm going in to see, to see the CEO, um, do I have any evidence to support that the CEO is angry at me for something? And what is the probability that I'm going to be upset at what the CEO says? What other possibilities are there? 
Maybe the CEO has something pleasant to tell me about what I've been doing and so forth. And just because I have a thought doesn't mean it's really going to happen. This is a very important point for people to understand. The mind kind of takes orders from us. We get random thoughts all the time. It doesn't mean they're accurate. For example, if I ask somebody to close her eyes and imagine that I have a lemon that I've cut in half and I'm going to give half of the lemon to her and I want her to take a big juicy bite out of that lemon, if you really focus on that, you'll start salivating because your brain starts believing that there's going to be acid coming into your mouth even though it's not true at all. So we fool ourselves all the time. But yet a lot of people think that if the thought came in my mind, it must be true, and then they start worrying. So just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's really going to happen. So that's step three is challenging the thought. Step four is having an identity statement, and I'll explain that in a second, an identity statement that you've written down somewhere, and you either look at it on your computer or on a card that you're carrying around in your purse or what have you, but an identity statement is a no modesty statement about the value that you bring to your job or to your life. I'm a wonderful mother. I'm a wonderful daughter. I'm a wonderful friend. I'm a wonderful spouse. You know, my, and in my job, I I have helped this firm to get where it is today. That people respect me. That I help many of the clients myself to make sure that they get taken care of. You know, whatever it takes. Uh, an example that I wrote down at one point was: I've been able to run a very successful firm, balancing all of the plates in the air at the same time. Sure, there have been some regrets and challenges, but I don't have to be perfect to be successful. So an identity statement is a positive statement about the qualities that you bring to this job and the qualities you possess as a person. It's important, Christina, to remember this because so often when a person starts thinking negatively, they start beating themselves up, thinking about mistakes they've made or, you know, maybe this isn't what the boss wanted or can I really do this? And we really need to get away from that kind of thinking and remind ourselves about how wonderful we really are. And the fifth and final step in the mental toughness routine is to take another deep centering breath or two to kind of anchor this on the back end with another relaxation. If people do these five steps consistently, and it takes only a couple of minutes to do it, they will find that they can go a long way toward buffering themselves from stress. And that's why building mental toughness is crucial in building resiliency to stress. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Jack. Um, you have a special offer for our listeners today, correct? Um, a free 20-minute phone consultation. Tell us about that. Yes. I, um, you know, because a large part of what I do is mentor uh, legal administrators and confidential private mentoring, frequently people, you know, have an issue. They don't know if they want to have mentoring or not. They don't know what to do about the issue, and they don't want to have to pay some psychologist to go and discuss the issue uh, before they even know if they want to follow up with this. So I offer all legal administrators a free 20-minute phone consultation. Uh, they just have to call my 800 number, and it's all confidential, of course. The number is 800-497-9880, 800-497-9880. If I'm not available when they call, which is highly likely, uh, just leave your name and number slowly and clearly, and I shall call you back at the earliest convenience. And if you can't talk then, we'll find a time when you can talk for 20 minutes or so, and I'll be glad to help you with whatever issue you have. 
Well, thank you so much. That is such a generous offer. Um, once again, that number for our listeners is 800-497-9880. And you can look for more insights from Dr. Jack in the November-December issue of Legal Management, ALA's digital magazine, which is free for members and also available as a subscription. If you would like more information, you can visit the ALA website at alanet.org slash legalmgmt. That's alanet.org slash legalmgmt. Thanks so much for listening.